0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armour Report. It's a Saturday. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing, and it's something that we like to call quantum investing. I am um, going to go over with you today the mechanical bull market that we are in right now and how to generate alpha in this environment. Okay. So, Armour Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's a combination. mental investing is a combination of using quantitative execution, where we use computer algorithms to generate our buy and sell decisions. Combine that with a fundamental foundation. And that's the information, Edge, I share with you every time I come on this show and you spend time with me. Um, Couple of ground rules. Don't forget everything I share with you. All this information I'm imparting is information I use to manage my own capital and that of investors I work with through the interactive broker relationship we have. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to invest. I don't know you personally, so I couldn't give that advice. All I can do is share what I've learned over 30 years plus of doing this. I want to share with you successes and failures and hopefully lift you up, put you on my shoulders, and help you excel and increase your net worth in a meaningful way over time. That's what we're doing here. <clears throat> I have created for you a website. It's thearmorreport.com, A-R-M-R-Report.com. You can find it right down there in the description point part of this YouTube video. Um, check it out. See if you like it. If you enjoy this conversation, obviously give me a thumbs up. That will help me out. Okay. Um, now this is a week in review so we're going to review what's been going on the last couple of weeks and we're going to discuss how to generate alpha in the stock market alpha is basically what we call outperformance right days where the markets are flat and the net worth of your portfolio is going up that's an alpha day days where the market's down big and you're flat is an alpha day okay Um, so what I wanted to start with today is a bit of a review of what's been going on. Really going all the way back, going all the way back to February 24th of this year. Okay. We started February, we've been doing this for the last couple of years. So you, you guys have been following me for a long time know the process and how, uh, how our performance is and what we do, right? We're, we're following quantum investing strategies. I'm not guessing market direction. So on the 24th of February, I come on this channel, I say to you guys, we're raising 100% cash in our index-only portfolio, and with the rest of our portfolios, we're out by the end of the week. That was the first week of the market crash. Then on the 23rd of March, I come on this channel. I say, guys, we're putting capital to work. And in early April, I tell you guys, we're building out portfolios. That was right near the bottom of the market before it skyrockets. Right? Then last week on Wednesday, you can all see this video. I posted it for you. But for Armour insiders, the subscribers to the Armour report, Every morning, I do a morning video to get us all ready for the day, figure out how we're going to invest, whether we're protecting capital or adding risk. And I said Wednesday of last week, or two weeks ago, not this week, but last month, that we're raising cash right in front of the Fed meeting. The Fed event was the trigger event. There was a whole host of reasons why we wanted to raise cash and manage risk in front of that event. And then, of course, the market cratered on Thursday. I didn't know that was going to happen. And now this week, on Monday, we're adding to all of the leaders in our portfolio. On Tuesday, we're adding new names. Armor portfolios are up all week. Market indexes aren't. Market indexes are going like this. They're not doing anything all week. Armor portfolios are going like this. How are we doing it? Am I just the luckiest guy in the world? Is that what it is? I'm just lucky. I just keep calling the market right, and eventually I won't. Okay? That's not what's going on here. I'm not guessing market direction. I'm following a quantum mental investing strategy that puts me on the right side of probabilities and statistics. Puts you on the right side of probabilities and statistics. Where reward is worth the risk, and we put capital to work or we manage risk and take capital out. It's not about being right or wrong on a particular call. I'm not one of these talking heads on CNBC who takes a data point that is completely static analysis in a dynamic world and says, the market's gonna do this because put call ratios are here or China and Trump are going to go to war or whatever the ridiculous thing, and I mean no offense to anybody, okay? The difference between anecdotal information and statistical information when managing your portfolio is paramount. You've got to know the difference, okay? I will be wrong at some point, okay? But I'd I'd like to ask you guys today to start changing your vernacular. This is not about being wrong or being right. Those are are words we use to to, um, apply to our ego. You've got to get rid of your ego. You've got to get rid of fear. Scared money can't make money. Scared money doesn't make money. I don't come in here every day when I sit at my desk and I trade and every day when I do these morning uh, videos for all the Armour Insiders and I get us set up for the day. I don't do it hoping I'm going to be right about something. This is not what this is about. It's not about being right. It's about making money and protecting money. That's what it's about. And the best way to do that that I've found over a long period of time is to get on the right side of probability and statistics over and over and over again. And, and then when you look at that body of evidence over a period of time, not just a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but a couple of years, net worth should increase if we're constantly on the right side of probability. So how do I go from telling you all you know, two Wednesdays ago, gotta raise cash to Monday, I'm telling everybody, every Armor Insider on that video in the morning, hey, guys, by the end of the day, as you found out throughout the day, I guess it was you know, throughout the day you found out, we're adding to all of the leaders in our portfolio. And so I, I think it could be confusing because on the one hand, I'm saying we know quadruple witching's coming, so we have to be defensive. That was the previous week. That was Wednesday the previous week in front of the Fed trigger event. I didn't know the market would drop 6 7% in one day. So my thought was the market will sell off into quad witching over a series of days. Okay, it all happened in one day. So once that happens, then we start looking at how the market's behaving. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to show you exactly what was happening on my trading desk right now. We're going to look at the S&P. We're going to look at the day trading charts that I'm using. There's an algorithm that I've written that I call the Price Movement Profiler. Okay? The PMP. Actually, I have a partner who wrote this. He wrote the code for this. Okay? And this PMP we use to help us trade during the day. So I'm going to show you what we did here and why it changed my opinion from waiting until Friday to put money to work, to putting work, to put, putting money to work immediately Monday and adding to things Tuesday. I'm going to show you right now. Oops, that's Spotify. How much fun? Let's just look at that for a minute. Just a little chart porn for you. <laughs> All right, um, let's take a look at this together. This is the day trading chart right here. All these lines, all these squiggles, it's what I like to call the price movement profiler. Okay. The black dots, the black dots in here, that's the volume weighted average price. It's an armor VWAP. We infuse volatility, both top day and multi-day into all of what we're doing on the PMP here. Okay. So what I want you to look at is what happened on these three days that got us to change our decision and start putting capital to work Monday. Okay, this is the market crash over here, market cratered. The next morning the market gapped up, came down and retested the low, and as you can see right here, it took out the low. Here, I'm going to blow it up as requested, some of you who are watching this on your cell phones. okay? So there's the day where we tested the low, okay? but we held the low and closed higher at the end of the day, right back to the VWAP, which is one of my favorite VWAP trades. When you're three standard deviations below the VWAP after two o'clock, it's very often a run back to the VWAP, but I digress. That's a day trade. Now let's look at Monday. Look at what happened Monday, a gap down to retest. So it retests this low, immediately reverses, and by, I think it was um, 9.54 in the Slack trading room for all Armor Insiders, I was explaining that I was going to start adding uh, positions to the portfolio. And we did it throughout the day. Well, the first thing we did, first thing we do, so before I get there, let me just say, we're going to explain how to build alpha. I'm going to share that in a minute. But so you can understand why I make changes so quickly, let me wrap up with this thought. Yes, quadruple wishing was an issue, but the collapse on Thursday, I'm going to say in my view, but it's not even in my view. The market showed me that the collapse on Thursday was the low that that equalized a lot of that action. And so while there'd be a lot of volatility in the averages the rest of the week, I did not expect new lows in the averages the rest of the week. And we didn't get it. The reason for that is that we had the Friday gap up sell off that made a double bottom but held the Thursday low and closed higher. Then Monday, another gap down. I love gap down Mondays, my favorite, the gap down, set up a reversal. So it went right down to that low again, testing that low of the big down day Thursday, holding, closing higher by the end of the day Monday. That told me the window is open to put capital to work again. And by Tuesday, we have a portfolio at the Armour Report. We have four portfolios that we share with Armour Insiders on our Armour Portfolio page One of those portfolios is an index-only algorithmic-driven portfolio. All it does is own the magnificent seven indexes, and these indexes we use to drive our risk decision in all of our portfolios. So we watch this algo-driven portfolio closely. Leading into the market correction, four of the seven indexes were long in the portfolio, small caps. Value, VLUE, Momentum, MTUM, and IBD50, FFTY, which are disruptive growth stocks. Those four were invested. And those four made it right through the market collapse on Thursday, did not get sold, did not get tripped out. The S&P, the NASDAQ, and the Dow were on the sidelines. By the end of the day Monday and Tuesday morning, we had a risk on on the other three indexes. So now all seven indexes are long in this index-only portfolio. So we had statistical proof along with watching how the market was trading the day after the big decline that it was time to put capital to work. Now, please remember, I'm not guessing what's going to happen next in the market. I'm putting myself and you on the right side of probabilities. The low of June 15th is now the stop. It's the spot where we have to raise cash if we close below it. There'll be an ugly day in here somewhere if it happens. Right? I will take losses. It'll happen. We've had a huge run, and we keep putting money to work as long as the mechanical bull market keeps moving forward we don't know when it'll be stopped out if we spend our days worried and afraid about when it's going to be stopped out we're going to miss huge upside opportunity scared money doesn't make money the market climbs a wall of worry and let's go over that again now there are three pillars that are driving this mechanical bull market These hackneyed phrases that have real value. The Fed, the trend, and the wall of worry. You don't fight the Fed, which means you're getting long right now because the Fed's adding liquidity at an insane rate. The trend is your friend. That trend is an uptrend. So every time you come back to the trend and it tests and it holds, that's your entry point until such time as it isn't. We don't guess, we don't know when that'll be. And the third thing is the market climbs a wall of worry. And I just love how afraid everybody is. Everyone's got a reason why it's over, okay? And what you have to understand about these people is that they've been saying that since the low in March. They'll eventually be right. I mean, a broken clock is right every now and then, right? (laughs) Twice a day is right. But it doesn't make them right, and they certainly don't make money. All they do is succeed in keeping you out of the ability to increase your net worth. This is what I'm trying to combat. I don't guess what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. What I do is read and react. I'm reading the market. We can see it's holding the low of June 15th. We add on Monday. We get a risk-on signal across all of our indexes. And so we put capital to work. And how did that work out for us? Well, let's take let's, let's take a, a walk down memory lane. I'm going to just wrap this comment up with this thought for you. And then we'll get on, on to how to build alpha. But I want to ask you something. Um, first of all, I'm going to make a little coffee. You guys mind if I do that? Got the French press here. Need a little coffee. Keep going. Long night last night. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Delicious. Thanks for bearing with me. Just wicked thirsty. Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Here's the question um, Let's look at at the following five charts. And you tell me if this looks like a market that's about to break down. I know all the anecdotal stories. I know all the fear. Take a look at these five charts. And you tell me, do you think this bull market, this mechanical bull market, is slowing down? Take a look. Okay start with the fun one, right? Spotify, okay? We were adding to this position on Monday. That's the 15th. Now, this is the low. On the 15th is the low. If the market takes that low out of the 15th, I'll change my tune and I'll say to you, maybe something else is happening in a nefarious way and we have to protect capital. But for now, just look at these five charts and you tell me, If you think this looks like a bear market or a bull market that's dying. Spotify blows out. Livongo up every day. Okay. These are stocks that are in armor portfolios. But a bigger name. Illumina. Illumina up every day. Every day of the week Illumina's is up. That's called alpha, my friends. How about Netflix. Other stock in the portfolio, up every day. So while everybody else is lamenting about quadruple witching and the market volatility, and maybe the market's going to roll over, Netflix is up every day. How about this one? An old favorite we repositioned recently. Chegg, Chegg, up almost every day. And the list goes on and on. Those are just five names in Armour portfolios. Does that look like the end of a bull market to you? So now let's talk about alpha and how do we generate it. First of all, I said this earlier in the week, I think on the, on the Wednesday video, but I want to share it with you again. There's a difference between anecdotal information and statistical. And I beseech you to focus on the statistical Anecdotal information are things like put call ratios, things like investor sentiment, things like the VIX, okay? The VIX index. I mean, things like um, quadruple witching, okay? Things like last two Wednesdays ago, I said to you guys, gosh, there are some ridiculous moves going on in the market that suggest. Um, market participants are going to wily coyote right off the cliff. They're buying things that are bankrupt and, you know, the stocks, bankrupt stocks are going up 200%. That's not normal. That's all anecdotal information. And it's all out there all the time. It's called the wall of worry. And what you need is a trigger event to cascade the market down, to wipe out some of that fear. Okay. Some of that worry, but it's all anecdotal. It'll be out there all the way up, and there'll be that inevitable guy when the market sells off. They'll come on YouTube or come on CNBC and say, hey, I told you because this particular thing was happening. And I, I, <laughs> I asked that guy, really? You've been telling me that for three months, and we only made 50% in our portfolio while you were saying that. So how is it right now? Right? It does nothing to make money. Focus on the statistical Here's one example. This is just a big, broad statistical uh, piece of information, right? Seven out of 10 stocks follow the market. That's a fact, okay? When the Fed's adding liquidity, the market generally goes up. That's a fact. That's a statistical fact. So it's best to err on the side of being long right now until a major stop gets taken out. Then we'll change. Okay, so let's talk about building alpha. How do we do it? You've got, um, um, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to share with you what I do personally. Okay. Okay. There are different markets for different types of stocks. Right now in this market, there are three sectors of the market that are driving our performance in the Armour portfolios. Since we started putting money back to work in late March, we've had significant outperformance above the uh, the market averages, like serious alpha. And we're doing it with these three groups. These won't always be the three. Right? Things will change, and we'll have to focus on other groups. But right now, and I don't see anything stopping this in the near future, what we're focused on is disruptive growth, established growth, and precious metals. Those three are driving the performance. Okay? So when I say, obviously, established growth, we all know what that means. I don't care if you buy the stocks I'm buying or not. It doesn't matter. I'm just showing you what, what we're doing you know, um, Microsoft, Netflix, Illumina, Splunk. These are names in the portfolio that we bought early that are, you know, walking up and creating outside performance, right? They're, they're they're building up alpha. They're going up faster than the market. Okay? You can find your favorite big name. I think an armor insider said at the end of the day on Friday. I forget who you were. Forgive me. Um, I think you said you were buying Facebook. Okay, great. Facebook. Facebook's your name. Established growth looks great. I don't own it, but it looks great. Those types of names. That's one driver of the portfolio. The next is disruptive growth. The Chegs, the Lavangos, the Fastlys, these, these, the Slacks, the the viva systems thank you for that shout out Eris. right let's just take a look at viva just so you know quietly this is one of our best performing positions okay this stock is just in an absolute walk up from our entry point look at look at this breakout of a beautiful downtrend here's the breakout that we bought and the thing is just walking up it almost doesn't even you know recognize the markets had any down days By the way, remember this chart pattern, because I'm going to reveal to you at the end of this show a stock that we bought this week that has a pattern very similar to this pattern. And it's instead of being up here, you know, it's right here. Okay. It's just breaking out right now of this, of a downtrend. So it could be very, um, a very interesting uh, stock to own. I'll share that later in the show. Okay. So what you want to find are established growth for your portfolio. You want to find disruptive growth, whichever ones you want to own are up to you. Okay. I have my whiteboard. If you want to know what's on my whiteboard, become a subscriber. If you're not subscribe right down here, armorreport.com, And you can see the armor whiteboard and you can see what stocks were focused on. I put at the top of the whiteboard stocks. I'm thinking of buying in the very near future. Um, and that allows you to go do your own research, look at my whiteboard, but then do your own homework and find out what names on the whiteboard talk to you, right? We all – we can't dance with all of them, right? So we got to find the ones that we like the most for whatever reasons and then put the capital to work. Um, and the third piece, obviously, is precious metals. Precious metals carried the portfolio in April. It was the first thing we bought in late March when the Fed started buying assets. And we had a huge run, okay? But it really behooves everybody to own all three sectors so that you can deal with the volatility of one individual sector at a time. If you're overweight, for instance, precious metals, and they go through a correction for a couple of weeks, you won't get so emotionally disturbed by it. You'll say, okay, great, this sector's consolidating while disruptive growth is blowing out. And then disruptive growth will take a break and precious metals will skyrocket. And that's how you create alpha in a portfolio. And I put this little, if you look at the um, description section of this video down here, I had number four, the fourth pillar, is you know, question mark, question mark, question mark. You know, so I've got precious metals, disruptive growth and um and establish growth. And I really, really, really want to add cannabis. (laughs) You all know I'm a huge cannabis fan. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I can't put that in the portfolio yet. For some strange reason, cannabis stocks behave like economy reopening stocks. And that's certainly, I know a lot of people tell you, put money in the economy reopening to help balance out your portfolio because You know, um, at some point, the economy will reopen and and it'll wreck the disruptive growth stocks. I, I just totally, totally disagree with that theory. There'll be more than enough time. We'll find entries into those stocks when they start to perform better. Energy stocks, utility stocks, those type of names. You know, they're building bases. It's going to take time for those bases to build. We'll get there at some point. But what we want to do now is focus on what's working and creating alpha. If you remember, leading up to the sell-off two weeks ago, one of my problems was that the leadership was slowing down and the junk was running. When the laggards start to lead, that's an anecdotal piece of information that makes me uncomfortable. And then I start looking for reasons why I want to raise cash. I look for statistical reasons why. Okay. so, to wrap up there are my there are my basic thoughts for you. You build alpha by having the right groups in the portfolio and um so do your own homework now and try to find a build your own whiteboard of disruptive growth, established growth, and precious metals, and try to find your way into those uh, into those areas. Um, I'll wrap up with a quick thought on precious metals. I do think that um They're going a lot higher. We don't know when that's gonna happen. When I look at the physical market and we do our research with our London contacts, the physical market is getting stronger and stronger. It looks like the COMEX market is breaking down, the paper market. Eventually, there will be a significant short squeeze. Trying to guess when that's gonna happen, it's hard to do. We had a great close on Friday. These stocks challenged stops made me very uncomfortable Thursday so that I cut some positions down and then redoubled them again Friday as, the, as, as these stocks were covered and saved themselves. Let's take a quick look at GDX. Okay. Right. So the 50-day moving average is my stop there. So on Thursday, you can see it closes below the 50 and then it ripped higher on Friday. And so um, big sigh of relief. It held on and we increased position sizes on Friday. Right now, I know you guys want to know what I'm buying. Armor Insiders, you can check that out by looking at the website and going to the Armor portfolios. But I will tell everybody that I'm focused right now on the big cap names where I see institutional support. Now is not the time for me to be buying the smaller capped mining stocks. I need to start making money on the big names. You can buy whatever big names your favorite. I mean, I love Newmont. You know, I love Wheat and Precious Metals. There's a couple names for you. But any of the big names that you like, okay, that's where I'm focusing first. If we get paid on those next week, I may add some of the smaller names, some of the mid-tier names. Don't forget, though, and this is the tricky part. Here's a statistical piece of information that's worthwhile remembering. At the end of every month, as we go through futures and options, expiration, and roll, it always causes pressure on the metal prices. So if these things run in the first part of the week, Thursday through the following Tuesday is when you get all that pressure from the end of the month rolling. So depending on how they act, I mean, I Honestly, you have to figure out your own allocation in a portfolio. I I think that the Armour portfolios have enough exposure right now. We're really right up against the ceiling. And sometimes I get above that ceiling. I'm not sure I'm going to do that this time. I I just got to have the right allocation in a portfolio. So think about it this way. If I'm talking about three pillars of the portfolio, you might want to have a third, a third, a third. That's one way to structure your portfolio. So, if you've got 50% in precious metals, you're overweight one particular sector. And so you're underweighting these other sectors. And do you really want to do that? You have to ask yourself that. You might. I mean, I'm just telling you what I do. I try to structure my portfolio so that I have a piece of all of these. And if I add cannabis again, I'll have to find a way to do it. You know, I'll have to shave some things down to make a little room for cannabis. Okay? Um, it 's all about opportunity cost of money i haven 't added cannabis yet because i 'm making too much money in other areas and i see I see better opportunity there um, anyway all right so um, just don 't forget uh, I, if i do if you do any buying in metals you you, you know let 's say they 're strong monday that 's probably the last day you want to add i mean i 'm just from a statistical standpoint they can run right into Thursday and then they should come back down into opex they do it every Month now I mean sure it's not every month statistics aren't about being a hundred percent right this could be maybe the two times out of ten that they just blow right on through <laughs> so don't get upset with me if they run like that I, you know um, but just be advised okay all right listen thanks for sharing your time with me and now it's um, my time for you so what questions do you have let's get to them um, I'm going to go to the top of the list and start start ripping it through. Okay, so, um, okay, let's take a look. Ah, Tech Monkey, Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much, my friend. Gonna go down to the beach right after this. I-D-E-X, can you take a look? I-D-E-X. All right. Let's take a look. Artificial intelligence, blockchain-powered fintech. What does that have to do with Tesla? I don't know. Tesla are in. I don't know. I'll have to do a little research there. I'm certainly a fan of blockchain, um, but I don't know anything about that stock. And And here's the other thing, guys a lot of the times you bring into the question and answers questions about very small cap stocks. And I just don't run money that way. I need liquidity to um, move capital around. So if a stock trades at two and it trades a million shares a day, that's just not enough money changing hands for me to be comfortable to get in and get out at a, at a bid and offer that is legitimate. Okay. So this is why I almost never talk about stocks that are, you know, um, one or $2 or 50 cent stocks. I'm just not in any of those names. The the investing pyramid of capital out there, billions of dollars, okay? It's an inverted pyramid, okay? There are literally institutions who are not allowed to buy stocks that trade below $10 a share, okay? So the pool of capital that could be invested in a stock Goes up like this as the stock price goes higher and the market cap goes higher. Okay, so I'm trying to invest where I think institutions are going to start coming in in size and drive the stock up over time. Okay, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for this, right? This is Viva Systems, right? This is I'm looking for this 45-degree angle uptrend. I want to get on it when institutions come in. It's a $150 stock, and it just starts grinding higher. That's my ideal investment. Not a lot of volatility on the downside grinds higher every day. Okay, day. You're not going to find that in a $2 stock that trades a million shares a day. So what you will find is rips higher and collapses lower. And I'm not saying you can't do it. Certainly, you could swing trade it, but that's just not for me, and so it's hard for me to advise on something like that. Um, Good good morning, Rob. Let's see. uh, Before fund, oh, that's Brian B. I finally know what your handle is. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, Okay, QLYS. Yeah. I've done some research on this company before. Um, not a bad idea there. I certainly love the chart pattern. Let's take a look. See that chart pattern, guys? That's a huge, huge base that it broke out of, and it's pulled right back uh, on top of the base. Cloud security, compliance solutions. Yeah. All right. I'm going to revisit this, Brian. Not a bad idea for me to do a little bit of work on again. Um, so give me some time there and I'll get I'll get back to you on that one. And I know you're at Armour Insider, so I'll share information with you on Monday. I'll take a peek at it, we'll listen to some conference calls, because it certainly has the right weekly chart pattern and a nice sell-off right back into the base. So if there's a reason to own that, um, this could be a time. Hey, Tom, how you doing, Tom Brady? Um, Right, any thoughts on GrowWorks? Okay, this is a great question. Um, grwd It's one of our favorite um, uh, cannabis companies. We own it in the portfolio. Full disclosure, we bought it at $3.51 uh, back in early April. So stock's already up a lot, but I'm going to share with you the information I know. This is the chart pattern here. You know, maybe it's better to look at um, This right here. Well, that's a good chart there on GDX, isn't it? Okay. Here's Grow Generation. For those of you who are the uninitiated and don't know about this company, this company is um, a retailer. They have 21 stores nationwide. and All they do is sell hydroponics and um, um, products to help cannabis and hemp growers. It's like the Home Depot for cannabis and hemp growing uh, uh, facilities. The process this company is under is one of Wall Street's favorite investment processes, which is the company has a national footprint. They go into jurisdictions where the, and by the way, there's no competition on a national scale for this company. It's just grow generation right now. They go into uh, um, locales where, let's say, there's a new marijuana um, or cannabis uh, law that's passed, like last year, I think it was Oklahoma, and they just did killer business in Oklahoma. What they do is they go in and they find the mom-and-pop shops that are supplying cannabis and hemp growers, and they take these companies over in what's called a roll-up. They're rolling them up. They give the mom-and-pop shares in the national-branded company that trades on the NASDAQ. They bring this, these mom and pops economies of scale. The acquisitions are almost immediately accretive for the shareholders of grow. Okay. And they build out. So they go from 29 to 39 to 49 stores. It's a classic roll up retail store expansion story. But in this case, there's just no competition right now. Right. So, you know, there's been some great stocks like let's like, look, look at Starbucks. Starbucks went out there and just started opening up stores all across the country and across the world. And the stock followed because as they open stores, they bring on more and more revenue, right? More and more earnings. But, you know, there's a lot of coffee shops that can compete. And that stock was still great. Or you look at restaurants. They come out and for a while the stocks do great as they're opening a bunch of stores. And the, and the stocks usually crater because that run is over. But for this case, it's a very interesting situation. There's no competition except for mom and pops. It's like Home Depot. Before there was Home Depot, you went into a neighborhood and there was just a local hardware store. And they're almost all gone. Okay? So fundamentally, I love the story. Um, There are a lot of risks in it. I don't know about the management team so much. I, I can they take it from the size that it is now to the size they want to be? I don't know. Rob Nardelli is um, supposedly a a um, advisor, special advisor to the board. Those of you who don't know Rob Nardelli, he was uh, a CEO of Home Depot. Okay? So the guy's got some street credibility, no doubt. Um, the company announced a secondary. They haven't priced it yet, but Oppenheimer is the lead on the deal. I love Oppenheimer. That's a great um, investment bank, boutique kind of, kind of company. Um, so quality there. And that's going to bring in institutional investors, and that's what I like to see. So what happened last week when the stock spiked up, right here, the stock spiked up. The reason for that jump, which I was very surprised because typically stocks don't go up in front of announcing the pricing of the secondary. but they announced an acquisition in Michigan. I think it was Michigan. Yeah. Now this is a, this was a surprise to wall street on the last couple conference calls with earnings. The few analysts that were on the call, their concern was how can you um, project your growth with the virus um, pandemic? You won't be able to go out there and make acquisitions. And, Part of this growth story, this is rolling up, making acquisitions that are accretive. So if you can't do it because of the virus, how are you going to grow your business? And the management said, we're going to grow it other ways. We're going to be doing white label businesses that carry higher margins. We're focused on our commercial business, which means selling product into the US MSOs. Okay? And then they just dropped this, you know, beautiful present in our lap last week where they did a roll up. In Michigan, I I didn't expect them to be able to do that uh, in the midst of a pandemic, because usually you have to get boots on the ground, meet the people who own the facility, sit down face-to-face and have a conversation and make sure you all agree on these things. So last conference call, management said they expected to be able, if if everything kind of gets back to quasi-normal, maybe they can resume their acquisitions in the fourth quarter. And they just did one last week. So that's why the stock was up. So it's it's bullish, and you know I'm not running out there and paying up for it here. I mean we own it at 350. I'm not paying up for it right now, but I will increase my position. I'm just waiting for the deal to get done because you know they could announce the deal is going to get done and priced at 650, and the stock's trading at 731. So in the morning the stock will go down to 650. It may it may go down, right? Every once in a while there's such. a a clamor for um, investment demand for an asset that the stock goes up right through the secondary. But I mean, you can't, statistically speaking, that doesn't happen. All right, moving on. PMs, they're about to go to the moon. Tom, I hope you're right. And it certainly looks that way in the physical market. It looks like physical is dominating and eventually the paper uh, uh, um, shenanigans that go on on comics will come to an end. Biotech strength showed on Friday, I heard. Oh, my God, the biotechs look great, right? And my favorite way to play that is BIB. Okay, so here's a look at BIB. This is the ETF that's twice the performance of IBB. So it gives me individual stock upside, the type of growth you get by buying an individual biotech, but it takes out the risk that the the individual biotech I buy has a negative FDA announcement that cuts the stock in half, right? I mean, investing in biotech is tricky. If you buy the wrong one and they have a negative trial announcement, the stock gets destroyed. So I kind of, I really stay away from it because I can't statistically figure out how to beat that. So when I go to the space, first of all, one of our biggest positions in our portfolio is Illumina. And Illumina is one of the top five names in IVB. Okay, and I'll share my thoughts on Illumina on another day. But um, so for, for aggressive accounts that can buy leveraged ETFs, I like BIB. Um, big picture biotech thought, I'll give it to you in a, in a nutshell. 2019 was a year where biotechs kind of underperformed because the prevailing news story was how evil biotechs are and how evil pharmaceutical companies are because they actually charge for the drugs they make they should just give them away right and all the politicians love to to pander to constituents that they're going to you know attack those businesses right now let's flip to 2020 everybody's praying that the biotechs are going to save the world Right, so maybe now it's okay that they make a little money, right? Is it okay? Is it okay that the company in, in a in a meritocracy in a capitalist society gets to make some money because they create a drug that saves people? God, don't get me started. You already got me started. This drives me crazy. How about Gilead's product? That whole thing a year ago on Gilead right? Oh, they're charging too much for their hepatitis C drug, $80,000. Oh, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Really? Well, how about the people who die with hepatitis C because there is no cure? And then how about the people who live with hepatitis C? And I think the average cost to live with it was like 200 and something thousand dollars. And this company charges 80,000 to cure you Let's attack that company as a politician. That's brilliant. Let's do that. Let's attack the company that cures people. Give me a break. Oh, my God. You got me started. <laughs> and your only question was what I thought about biotechs. So anyway, I like biotechs. They look great. I think um, on top of all of that, we've entered a very unique time in biotechs where the, the targeting of genes and targeting of um, um, of, of um, treatments is creating a higher success rate and so it becomes more attractive as a place to invest because there's not so many blow ups and that's, that's another driver of biotechs um, hey Brett any thoughts on Nokia for 5G not a, not a bad idea Nokia um, I haven't looked at the chart in a while Yeah. Well, you know, I like leadership, and I like relative strength, and clearly you're not getting it in that stock, right? There's Nokia on a big weekly scale. So uh, I have to do some more work on that to see if I would want to do that right now. My favorite, you know, here's a better name for 5G to me. You know, QRVO, relative strength is about to break out to a new high right? 89 relative strength. So again, this comes down to opportunity cost of money. I could own Nokia, but I'd rather own some other names in the in the 5G space. VIR looks like, missed it on a chart, VIR. You know what? Yeah yeah i had v i r for a while and the stock traded by appointment. It really freaked me out. I mean there were no bids when it started to go down. it would just drop three dollars without a single bid so I stayed away from it. I do like this idea though uh, I like the management team they come out of um i think it's um biogen so yeah you know they got potential i think um Let's see. Jason, where would you place a stop loss on a stock like SE that is way above the 50 day? So, if the broad market breaks, okay, SE, let's take a look. Holy smokes, you're killing it there. Singapore based, develops internet platform. Wow. Take a look at that chart, everybody. What a move that thing's made. Gosh, man. You know, um, I I can't even answer that question. Where would I put the stop? I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, that thing is in the stratosphere. Let's take a look at it on a different chart. So this thing is how many standard deviations away here? four standard deviations above its 200 day moving average climbing up that line. I mean, my first stop would be the 14 day moving average, which is at 90, 95, 16 and moving up every day. You know, the first thing I would do is because you can see it's walking up that 14 day moving average. See how it keeps touching that yellow line and going higher and touching and going higher. So to me, it's the 14 day. Right. That's the 14 day moving average is the first stop where I'd cut it down. And then, you know, the 25 day. But I would not just cut it because the market. Well, I don't know about that. It depends. If the market craters below the 615 low, I probably would book profits across the board on every stock I own. And I leave it up to you how much you book. 25%, 50%, 30%, 25%, 50%, 30%, whatever. If the market's imploding and seven out of 10 stocks follow the market, it just makes sense to raise some cash that day across the board and then see where your trails, raise all your trailed stops, you know, but let's don't worry about that until we get to it. All right. Uh, Wiggy, uh, might funds rebalancing portfolios, um, stock affect the market, potentially provide good buying opportunities. Um, Rebalancing, I never really worry about rebalancing. It never really has an effect one way or another. I mean, sometimes, you know, it might drive a stock higher or lower, an individual name. It's true. Um, But if everybody already knows the rebalance is happening, tell me how that's information that's going to make you money, if everybody already knows it. I mean, if you told me this stock is going to be added and nobody knows it yet, hey, let's go buy it, (laughs) But if everybody knows it's being added, I'm not exactly sure how it, how it helps from an investing standpoint. It might help with a quick swing trade or a day trade or something. Um, all right. Uh, so, David, we already talked about biotechs. So I think it is a real deal. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Brian B., before Furniture for that shout-out. Before Fun Times <laughs> for that shout-out. Yes, guys, if you want to subscribe, right down here, armorreport.com. If you can check it out. Uh, GBTC, uh, you're looking at Bitcoin there, Tom, right? Um, you know, I'm not sure I like that trust, though. That's my only problem. I'd, maybe I would rather own Bitcoin outright. I just don't know exactly what the um i always i'm always concerned that that grayscale bitcoin trust doesn't really have the bitcoin in it <laughs> i keep reading that document every now and then i go back and read the website and read the investor information and it just seems so opaque to me that it makes me uncomfortable all right um weight watchers Smith and Wesson. Okay, these are all interesting names. All right, Erez, Smith and Wesson had a great run for you, um, Tom. Well done last week. Can you take a look at uh, uh, Erez, take a look at um, uh, ZYXI. Let's take a look. Ooh, got a fish on the line there. Pain management. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'll take a look at it, um, Erez, but, you know, in, the stock's not in a position to be buyable right here for me. You know, there's no there's no entry point there on the stock, but I could certainly start doing some work on it. And as an insider, I mean, I'll talk to you about it. I'll share my thoughts with you once I do some work. Um Sprott Physical versus other precious metals. Thanks. Yeah. So Jasmine, I'm I'm always a friend of, of Sprott Physical Gold and Silver. Th- those are the assets I like to hold. Um, so when you ask me in in regards to other um, precious metals, I don't know what you mean. Um, on the one hand, physical metal uh, is less volatile than the miners, as we saw during this most recent sell-off in miners. Physical metal looks looks phenomenal. I mean, there's just Let's look at P-H-Y-S for a second. Oh, my God. Look at that chart. Holy smokes. I mean, this thing is just making a tight pennant right here in the pivot point. What's wrong with that? Nothing. That's Sprott Physical Gold. You know? P-S-L-V. Sprott Physical Silver making a pennant right on top of the 200-day moving average. And then CEF... Sprott physical gold and silver, you get to own both there. So um, I'm not exactly sure your question, but I think there's a place for both in a portfolio. And I think that the Sprott funds are the best because they literally have gold and silver bars backing up the paper that you're buying. If you hold these assets for a year, you can actually get delivery of bars to your house if you want. It's audited four times a year. And, and the bars are held outside the banking system, in a vault. So what that means is it can't be lent out. You know, when you're buying GLD and SLV, it's very hard to figure out what assets are actually in there, because a lot of them have been lent into the fund. And when the time comes that gold's above three thousand and silver's above fifty, and everyone's scrambling for physical, it, there may be that emperor has no close moment when those funds don't have assets really backing them up, you know, and what will happen is the SPROT funds will go to major premiums because the assets really there. So, but that's long, long long-term thinking. Okay. Nothing wrong with trading these other names. Okay. um, Let's get to the end here. Do I think Biden will come out of the basement? I don't know what Biden, I don't, I try to stay far away from politics on here, Tom. You know, um, I, I don't, I, you know, this is about stock market investing and I want the politician to be in charge who actually does things that are business positive that help drive um, uh, economic growth and earnings for companies. So you can figure out what my politics are. Those are my politics. I like a meritocrity. I think people should get what they work hard for and deserve because that's what we've all done. Okay? If they merit it, they should get it. Right? And I think um, pro-growth government is um, what has made the country great and certainly has what is over the years. I don't mean just the last couple of years. I mean over the decades. You know? Um, there's nothing sinister about capitalism it's what's created one of the greatest nations of all time so should we have some boundaries and some rules absolutely right but at the end of the day they should come down to um, what I believe is a meritocracy. that's what I think is important to allow everybody the potential to better their lives those policies need to be in place I don't really care what the guy's name is, who who gets who gets elected. All right. More thoughts on work. With the recent development consolidated nicely, earnings drop. They started gapping up on Wednesday, and then Goldman Sachs downgraded. Right. Okay, I'll be happy to share with you my thought on work. I think this the stock's great. I think the Goldman Sachs, first of all, what was the downgrade? She downgraded it to sell and a $30 price target. The stock was 33. I mean, that's not much of a sell. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I looked at the report. It's just a rehash of the usual stuff that Microsoft, blah, 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 and competition, yada, yada, yada. And and it's, it's, you know, those were the same problems that everybody on CNBC was talking about when the stock was 15 and 16, right? So now the stock is trading above 30, and they come out with the same problems. I mean... It means nothing to me. I think the business is good. I think that that it ran up too far, too fast, and the management team made a sound judgment to temper everyone's enthusiasm and say we do have issues to deal with because of the virus. And so, you know, guidance going forward, let's bring it down. That just allows them to beat expectations the next couple of quarters, which I think they'll probably do. I like the stock. Um, thoughts on when analysis comes out on ratings, like that same, yeah, I don't know exactly what you, what you mean there on zoom, but, um, I'm not exactly sure what you mean on zoom, but I did hear, um, I did hear something interesting on CNBC, uh, uh, on Friday that I thought really resonated with me. You know, Slack did not go public the traditional way. And the traditional way is to hire and pay investment banks like Goldman Sachs to take your company public. They get paid a lot of money for that, and they bring in institutions to buy your stock. And then once the company goes public, within 30 days, the analyst loves the stock and puts out brokerage reports telling everybody to buy the stock, right? And so um, when you go public without all of that support – you don't have a champion out there that's bringing institutions and driving people into the stock and writing reports that are positive. You can get an attack from somebody. But over time, as you keep performing, you know, your stock price eventually um, will outperform. And, and the example I heard, um, I can't believe I'm repeating something from CNBC, but it was actually well thought out, um, was Spotify. Spotify went public the same way. And suffered the same type of underperformance for a while as people questioned the company. And let's just take a look at the chart. So there's Spotify on a weekly level. Came public, ran up, sold off, went through its choppy you know, part of its life. And then you know, we bought it in here at 150 and 157 right in here. And the stock has just skyrocketed, right? And so now we look at work, and you're going to see a similar kind of chart pattern. Came public, immediately sold off, no support because they came public without any investment bank out there writing research reports. And now the stock looks like it's building kind of like a cup in here. And maybe it builds a handle and goes sideways for a couple of weeks, right? Consolidation in here before it makes a a move above 40. What do you think of EGO? Not my favorite um, um, precious metals company, but um, right now I'm trying to focus on the bigger cap names. Let's see if we can make some money on the big guys first. And then maybe I'll trickle down and and add some of the smaller mid-tier names. Hey, Brett, says Patrick, um, recently added UNFI to the whiteboard, ramped up. What do you think? Okay, let's take a look. UNFI. I had natural foods. Hmm. Well, I'll have to do a little bit of research on that for you. I don't have any real thought there. There's the chart pattern sell off. I'll do some work. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Regarding fund re- rebalancing, because stocks have gone up so much, they have a 60-40 split in stocks and bonds. And the stocks have gone up so much since April last quarter. Do they have to sell? Um, I-, I-, I heard that, too. You know, I've, I've heard that comment. put that in the category of anecdotal information right so as i was saying earlier on the show there's anecdotal and then there's statistical i usually just discount things that scare me but don't help me run money it's anecdotal that they might have to rebalance it's not a statistical probability that that'll put the market down there could be other forces that counterbalance those forces I, i don't know Not to mention the fact I haven't the slightest idea when that will happen. Market could go up another 20% before you get that. I just don't know. So every time I hear stuff like this, I try to say to myself, is this anecdotal or is there any statistical proof for this? You know, statistically speaking, I can tell you that at the end of every month, precious metal prices go down. It happens eight times out of 10. So that's something to prepare for you know when there might be a rebalance it's just a fear and the market climbs a wall of worry now if the market breaks below the June 15th low okay someone's going to point to that and say oh it's because of a rebalance how do you know it could be a whole host of things that's my thought okay uh I don't know about that. Thoughts on when we see big ETFs like ARK loading specific stocks on weakness? I don't know. Don't know. And VRM, I don't know, my friend. I'll have to look at that. If I don't get to any of these questions, you guys just put them in the comment section here so I can remember them, and then I'll answer you in the comment section. I'll do some research. If there's a stock you want me to see and say, hey, could you look into this? Just put it in the comment section when this whole thing is over, not on this chat board, but in the comment section. Say, hey, Brett, I asked you about this. Can you let me know? And I'll update you right there throughout the week when I do the work. What happened uh, for MAG in the year around five years ago? Can you see huge sudden down for that one? Oh, geez, Jasmine. Five years ago on MAG Silver, it was a completely different company, you know, completely. But we could talk about that, you know, in the Slack room. I know you're an armor insider. I can get more into detail. Um, Okay, let's see here. I see a chart for election year where there seems to be a dip in July and October during election years, but not sure how to play it. Um, I generally don't pay any attention to things that happened in prior years. Um, Reason for that is my question to you is what was the Fed doing during those election years? You know, If the Fed's adding liquidity, the market's going up. So looking back over the last, you know, 20 elections and what happened in those years, it's like static analysis. If the world was exactly the same as it was, you know, 20 years ago, maybe it has merit. But what's going on today has like it's so different that those kind of things don't help me. Phil, I hope to see you as an Armor Insider. Glad you found the information helpful. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, you were saying that the same analyst downgraded Zoom, right? I mean, she's wrong about that, right? <laughs> um, you know, I don't care about specific analysts. You know, sometimes they make good calls, sometimes they make bad calls. The problem is you never know what the ax is that they're grinding. So you know, I just disregarded. Uh, Okay, you're asking me any thoughts on uh, cannabis, currently the largest. Okay, you're asking about particularly Charlotte's Web. And let's try to wrap up here, guys, because we're going long today. Um, Charlotte's Web. I used to love the stock. I love the management team. I think they should be able to get their act together but so far they haven't been able to, and they keep diluting shareholders with equity offerings. So it really just comes down to when will the FDA and this, you know, finally make a ruling on ingestible, you know, CBD, okay? The day that, they, that, that the FDA says it's okay to put in products and these are the guidelines, that stock is probably up at least 25%, maybe 50%. And that's probably the time to own it, honestly. Maybe I'll pay up for it that day because they'll have such huge opportunity when that happens. But between now and then, the business is just languishing on the vine. That's my thought. All right, guys. Thanks for spending time with me today. I appreciate all you. Uh, Have a great Father's Day. Father's out there. I look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Armor Insiders bright and early Monday morning, and probably an armor education video uh, on Wednesday, where I will go over black pools, dark pools. I'll go over dark pools in that meeting. Okay, talk to you guys later.